Imagine your new bathroom. A sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. In this week's episode, we will discuss education reform on mission. Hello, everyone. This is Danielle Washington coming to you. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Buffy Williams, and you're listening to the New Heights Educational Group, the New Heights Show on Education. Tonight's topic is Learning Commons, and a recap from last week, we discussed the peer pressures that some students face while they're in high school, and we read issue two of the Easy Tunes comic book, Taylor Goes in Fear, TGIF. And, but tonight, we're going to discuss the trends that some education systems are facing with the term changing from libraries to learning commons. So let us hear your thoughts. Call us at 917-948-7542 or post your comments on Twitter at Buffy underscore Williams or on Spreaker. But remember that my fellow uh, hosts on New Heights, Erica Hansen, her show airs on Thursdays at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The, um, when we're thinking about libraries, um, my reference tonight will be coming from the article, Climbing to Excellence, Defining Characteristics of Successful Learning Commons. And I can think and remember back when I used to go to the library um, as a, at a young age uh, in elementary school, and it was kind of one of the highlights because, you know, as you know, reading takes us into um, multiple spaces without um, actually having the means to go there. Our minds can take us anywhere in the world uh, or in outer space for, for that matter. 
uh, if you're looking at fictional characters. And the library was um, very much a traditional setting where when you go in, there's a hush-hush and nobody talks, nobody coughs too loud. <laughs> um, and you're always whispering and trying to respect the privacy of other people coming to this common space to be able to think and process and, you know, get some creative work done without being disturbed in the environment. But my library experiences in elementary school, uh, of course, were probably pretty common to most people. But it changed throughout the years. And I can see, you know, like the natural progression from when I got to high school, I didn't go to the library as much. It was more of a place where um, I was not necessarily a nerd in high school. So I did go to the library, but I wasn't in there, um, the quote unquote term nerd. I know um, that's a, a stigma. But um, at that time, we were thinking, okay, well, most of the people who spend most of their times in the library were highly intellectual, um, very into, heavy into their studies, um, and they were doing a lot of extra things. And I think in elementary school, it was more of a common thing that everybody participated in. But the perception, once I got to high school, uh, for me anyway, and you can tell me your comments, was more for uh, our top students, our AP students, and that type of thing. But then I could see maybe that was maybe just my thinking on the subject, not necessarily an overly generalized um, thought process for a lot of the students there. But once I got to, of course, college, I began to appreciate uh, the public uh, library and my institutional library in a, in a very different way because the study rooms were invaluable to me um, where you could go and reserve a study room and most libraries have those. If, you know, being out in the open, it's not quiet enough for you, you could reserve a study room. And you could do it with study groups. Um, you could do it alone. But it was very helpful to have that and have those resources. And then, of course, you know, there's the circulation desk and you have this area where you can only, you know, primarily do your research, but you couldn't really um, do any Word documents or anything like that. So that was kind of the natural progression of my experience. And then after my, I had my children, I made sure that I also integrated that into their lifestyle, taking them to the public library, letting them know that they had this free resource within any community that they would go into. And they utilized that very heavily. And then years later, taking my, my great nieces to the library and them having uh, an area that was conducive for younger children where they could, you know, play in the play castle, take their books in the castle, read, you know, explore, those type things. So I think the, the trend of moving to learning commons has been in place for a number of years now. But there's like a slow uh, progression because initially uh, when the boom of Google and Google Docs, you know, became like this Google Apps for education and they launched this, you know, you could type in something and, and automatically they do this mass search for an article or they would do uh, file sharing on Google. That was like revolutionary. That was like a big deal. Um, but going from learning from libraries to sometimes people call them media centers and then moving on from that to now learning comments, um, 
it has been, I think, a natural progression because I think at one point people were thinking that libraries may be extinct. You know, why are we keeping libraries around as people are going more to uh, electronic format? And so were the librarian's job and the concept of being in a library or having a library at your institution or uh, at, we're talking about K through 12 at your um, school, uh, is that something that's a necessary role or necessary place within um, the school structure? And so, of course, you know, the buzz was that maybe libraries were in jeopardy and that the you know, culture had changed so much, especially with the, the invention of the iPad and Google searches and so many people just going to online databases um, to find information outside of their um, actual um, classrooms. So now everybody pretty much has a home computer and if they don't they have access to an iPad or their phone is, is virtually works like a computer and they can pull up anything that they want. But just being flexible in the virtual environment, it does, you know, play out a different role of what libraries mean to us now in this day and age. And so there's been this exploration of school libraries and the explosion of technology and information and how it's changing the world and how can librarians find their place um, and reinvent kind of what we thought of as um, what the library was. So why did they pick the name Learning Commons? Uh, I know that most people are gonna to wanna to ask and the article does address this. And it simply is you know, a place that transforms the traditional library um, from the informal thing to just a common space. Um, a common space for teachers, a common space for um, for the media center, common space for the, the students so that they can all come to this one particular place and have a physical space to, you know, share some of their knowledge. And most of the learning commons are broken up into different spaces. And so um, the emergence of the learning commons has been uh, something uh, somewhat of an exploration stage. And so futurists are talking about you know, the realities of any red flags that, you know, maybe these are not the best practices or, you know, let's pay attention to the trends, let's pay attention to actually the data of what the, what the students actually need the center for uh, or the learning commons for and what they um, are actually utilizing it for and what could we potentially utilize it for. And both um, could yield some challenges and some results, uh, rewards and challenges in there. But the journey... Um, it kind of morphs into a need for the learners at the school to come where you can work, you can play, you can learn, and all of these things count as a, a learning common space. And so if you were working on an assignment, you theoretically could uh, go to a space within the learning common. And so it's no longer, you know, if you drop a pen, everybody's turning around to see who dropped the pen. It's not like you're tiptoeing around on eggshells in the library commons. So you could very well have a workspace where you have students to come in and actually um, work on a group project together and collaborate and um, do group think um, together 
and flesh out all the ideas and also have access to all the research and technology they need in order to get that actually accomplished. And then also having like a play area where um, they are making things, uh, making crafts and things and how that can be expanded into the classroom um, in under any area, whether it's literature or mathematics or, uh, or the science, science areas and doing things or constructing things that um, address physics and um, the dynamics of different spaces. And so I, I know that there's one in particular where they used, um, they used these um, almost like Lego blocks or Lego sticks, can't think of the name right now, where they constructed uh, an Eiffel Tower. And so it was used as a mathematical um, um, example of how the structure could physically uh, stand from its base and how do you build it. And so putting along the concepts along with actual practice in the classroom, but instead of in the classroom, the teacher would actually come into the learning commons to um, have that space for the students to learn. And so it's more of a, a scheduling thing. So uh, the teachers would have to schedule, of course, a time for that. But one key point uh, about it too is that if, if you're about preparing uh, young people to complete um, certain projects and thinking about the future of the world, when we shape this, we shape this in a way that students can you know, have access to multiple technologies at one time and experience it from a perspective that um, we may not have approached it in the past. So also having access for them, the ones who may not have the means to have an iPad or a computer at home, also still having, you know, that available to them because the environment that we're living in um, it, it should be constructed for young people and for young people to be able to to mentor us as well as to you know how what best ways we can use these learning commons to serve our curriculum and uh, a place of experimentation and play and making and doing things to collaborate and grow as a student and so those are some of the things that learning commons um, are trying to actually bring forth into the classroom. So at this time, we're going to take a short break and we're going to listen to a word from our sponsors. We'll be back in a moment. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. 
Welcome back. I'm your host, Buffy Williams, and you are listening to the New Heights Educational Group, the New Heights Show on Education. And tonight we're talking about learning commons. And if you're not familiar with the term, it is a new term that is trending, moving our school systems from the K through 12 uh, levels from the concept of a library to a learning commons. And so we were talking about some of the things that students um, actually utilize within this space and how students can also help us structure our learning commons to better accommodate the curriculum. And one of the other trends is that maybe also in, the, in a particular area of your library, you will have a 3D printer, a virtual hub for student activity and student uh, creativeness where the digital citizen um, could actually have a project-based learning collaborative environment um, for advanced literature uh, and maybe... Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Even a creative and performing arts area in your learning commons and it really depends on the school as to what they feel will better enhance their curriculum and moving uh, intellectual freedom forward for our students and so um, there are a number of things that people want to change which is you know ownership being um, replaced by access to it's like before the schools were the owners of the library what we want to take the students into in this collaborative environment is to give them access to multiple um, technologies and have a flexible learning space where the noise varies at levels. Um, sometimes it's quiet and sometimes they have activity levels. We're not talking about your outside voice, but there's not uh, a space where everything is quiet, so the noise will vary. And then also having a plethora of high-tech and low-tech productions regarding to, you know, any type of presentations that the students may be working on in a particular area. And it gives them a space to deliberate on, um, you know, what behaviors uh, or trends or collaborative collaborative events that they could participate in and creating and building and making things that also enhance the actual educational space when they're in the classroom. And so they also have to kind of just demonstrate a respect for both the physical and the digital space because of course there are going to be parameters around you know that digital space and um, how far they can go with that. But it also gives them a space to be able to produce and construct um, different things that they're working on in the classroom. So they are moving from the physical to the virtual world environment, and it stimulates, you know, rethinking, redesign, and reworking how you're currently doing your libraries or structuring your library space um, to possibly converting over to the new trend of learning commons. So let us hear your thoughts, and you can call us at 917 948-7542 or post your comments on Twitter at Buffy underscore Williams or on Spreaker 
and let us know your thoughts. But the Learning Commons um, also is a flexible space that allows for continuous change as the, the needs for the students change. And so teachers and librarians have been trying to rework and configure, um, you know, maybe how they can create these spaces to be like iTeams or Learning Commons to, to teach and mentor other students um, and have students mentor the younger students on creating a maybe a novel cove where they actually go over and um, sit in a particular area and read to each other or they may come in and pick up a tablet or some other type of device and use that utilize that and read um, off of an e-reader or an iPad or actually um, have access to audible material um, for the students and they can actually collaborate in that environment. And also, we, we've integrated uh, technology into the classroom with smart boards anyway, these giant um, whiteboards with, uh, it's more of an interactive um, space for the students can also be something that can be incorporated into the learning commons. And um, it gives them an additional space outside of the classroom to utilize the smart board so that the students actually engage with the technology too. Uh, and the teacher, of course, facilitates and um, structures, you know, what's going to go on in the space and sets the parameters. But they're in an environment where they can explore more and uh, they can utilize this space for various different things. So again, we're talking about the trend of moving from a library to a learning commons. And so the students are engaging in this virtual um, experience um, and they can also do this with students uh, around the world. So I know that that also has been something that has been brought into the classroom. Of course, there are restrictions but there's also an opportunity there for immersion in different cultures and learning, maybe having conversations, especially with our foreign language courses. Maybe students or schools could partner with another school and actually have uh, conversation partners um, throughout this technology and have that space where uh, English speakers and uh, speakers of other language can actually be immersed within the school experience, also be protected in that school environment because it's controlled by the instructor and the librarians, of course, and then the technology would be monitored um, some way by, of course, um, whoever your IT department would be um, to monitor any threats um, with that particular um, capability. But I think it's a very interesting concept. I really like the idea of media center before too, um, but I understand the concept of the learning commons and I think that that keeps um, learning in the forefront, of course, because we're talking about K through 12 education and how we can move education forward and education reform and what is gonna be the best way for us to invest in our schools uh, nationwide with evidence-based practices that um, can help us design and modify and rethink uh, or redesign, rework our education system. Um, and as with anything, there will be a number of, of factors in converting a library to a learning, learning commons. And um, 
the, the thing is that everyone has to buy into the vision um, and the strength of the vision uh, of that particular school will determine, you know, the trajectory of how far the learning commons can go because, you know, it just does not stop with uh, the name change because there's going to have to be continual professional development regarding the space and regarding the parameters of the space and what can be best utilized within that area. And I'm sure it's going to change up the look of the actual space as well because, you know, traditional libraries have the traditional tables. Um, but if you're moving to a place where people could potentially, you know, put um, things together and, and make things, then you're going to have to have a space that's conducive for that and access to those materials very easily. And so that's going to change the look uh, and the feel and the energy of that particular space. And so each school will have to have, uh, I guess, their mission of thinking about their school mission, thinking about their district mission, um, of where they want to take their school forward and how does the library commons actually fit into that space. And so, and they're rethinking um, uh, the professional staff that is associated with that because if you think about it, most libraries, when you go in, they have um, the person who's over the, the, the library, maybe someone under that person who actually uh, is more technology savvy, which is probably the media specialist. But if you're thinking about reworking the learning commons, you may have, yes, you may have your lead librarian, but you also may be able to collaborate with your reading specialist in one particular area of the learning commons, your technology and integration uh, specialist, also your curriculum specialist, um, students, professionals, or student mentors, and then perhaps, you know, your counselors may be in on that as well. So it gives you an opportunity to also think about um, what professional staff you want housed in that particular area in order to make it work best to fit your mission. And so this means that the teachers will no longer be isolated within the classroom to, you know, do all of this technology within the classroom, but they will have collaborative partners within the school that can help them integrate the things that they're doing in the classroom and something physical that they could possibly do or technology driven that they could do with the students um, in the classroom as well or in the learning commons. So um, there are a lot of people who um, may resist the trend um, of going to uh, learning commons versus libraries, but it is uh, a change in the way that we think about libraries and the concept of libraries and professionals who um, have been successful at this can serve as um, mentors in, um, in the field to be able to bring this technology and this information forward. And so both the teachers and the students can engage in building their own professional expertise and collaborating um, to grow others and grow the energy and the preparation towards um, changing from a library to a learning, learning common. And there are four particular areas that the article focuses on. Um, the Center of Knowledge Building, where there's a collaborative and cooperative group that works um, together, uh, participatory learning. And the, the next is um, Centers of Literacy. 
and literacy across all spectrums, reading, writing, listening, speaking, um, and motivational strategies and any instructional design that goes along with that. And then also uh, the center of school culture. So what is the culture of your school? And then celebrating both the physical and the virtual learning space within um, that school and showcasing it um, school-wide and even have a global network of learners under the learning culture portion of it. And then the center of experimentation uh, where the professionals actually learn uh, and the teachers do their research and they teach new strategies and provide a space for play, creation, and building in the, in the maker spaces where students actually do things that actually tie into um, what they're doing in the classroom. And so those are the four key areas, again, the center of knowledge building, the center of literacy, the center of school culture, and then the center of experimentation. And um, also uh, with this, there are a number of, uh, of ideas that are evolving in the education system that we've talked about that are techniques that are stimulating for high quality education and learning and understanding the design of personalizing the learning space. Um, we talked about flipped classrooms, and I think we may talk a little bit more in depth about that. But And then connecting learners to outside um, project-based learning and then getting them to a place of mastery um, in this particular environment. But it, it will definitely take a collaborative effort, and just like with anything um, that you work with in the school systems. But... We want to, we hope that you have um, gleaned some, some important information um, about learning commons. I know I learned a lot. I did not realize that this was an emerging trend, but when, they, when I uh, was shared, the article was shared with me, I thought that this would be something definitely for my listeners and something that you may be um, very interested in looking at the metacognitive big think of, of where we're going and the education system and also give teachers an opportunity to co-teach and co-plan um, and co-assess um, within the learning commons and seeing how this could actually be a team effort, a team collaborative um, partnership within a school and how it could potentially change the face of what we see now as libraries and meshing us into an instructional design where the teachers, um, the students, and the classroom and the media center are all integrated together. And so there's no longer a push for the traditional library. And I want you to, um, again, the title for our article today is Climbing to excellence, defining characteristics of successful learning commons. And on next week, since it is Black History Month, we're going to focus on um, how Black History Moments in K through 12 resource uh, magazine, Teaching Tolerance, is bringing information to uh, the classroom or to teachers to be able to utilize those lessons and lesson plans within the classroom. So we're going to talking again about Black History Moments in K-12, the resource magazine, Teaching Tolerance. 
And I am your host, Buffy Williams, and I want to thank you for joining me tonight. Until we meet again. We hope that you join us next week. That's our time, and you have been listening to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm your host, Buffy Williams. If you like what you've heard, search for us on your smart speaker and listen to us anytime. Thank you for listening. Good night. Until we meet again next Tuesday night, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as we discuss next week's topic. Enjoy expanded content from the New Heights Education Group host on Blog Talk, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and Watch No Learning. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings. Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels.